Hello, welcome to Sheffield Board Gamers Podcast. My name is Rick, and this is episode 42. Uh, I'm joined today by Lizzie. Hello, Lizzie. Hi there. And um, we've got uh, Tom Calderon on as well. Hello, Tom. Hello. Hello, thank you both, both for coming on and joining me. Uh, we are going to talk about some of the board games that we've played recently. You both have been to Aircon, mm-hmm. so we're going to have a chat about that as well, aren't we? I didn't go, unfortunately, but uh, I'll be interested to hear your stories of what it was like. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. yeah. There we go. That's Great it. Time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, but before that, we uh, I've been uh, browsing eBay for you know Ooh. like bargains and board games and things like Dangerous that. Dangerous stuff. Yeah. No. And I've uh, I, I've found some. I was actually after some card holders. You know, um, uh, you like get card holders where you can put on the table and you slot your cards in and they kind of hold your cards up in front of you so you can sit at the mm. table and do oh, the yeah. figures with your hands. So I was after yeah, a couple of those. So I've, I found some on eBay, and um, th- yeah, they were pretty cheap. I think they're like 3D printed type things. So mm. I ordered some of them. But I also saw as well um, uh, some uh, trays and like upgrades and things like that. You can get all sorts of stuff. But uh, I spotted some uh, trays for It's a Wonderful World. So this is a game that um, I've played a few times. And I quite like it. It's, um, it's like a drafting game, but you get loads of cubes with it. And uh, you can get uh, these like coloured trays for all the cubes. So there's five different coloured cubes and like five different like round uh, little holding things to put them in. Uh, and you also get like a little um, holder for the tokens as well. There's like two or three different kinds of tokens. So I got a holder for them. But I was surprised how uh, how cheap and good quality they were. I mean, they were they're all coloured plastic, so the the trays match the colour of their cubes. Um, keeps it all nice and tidy on the board. Fits on the board nicely. Um, I'm kind of going down a rabbit hole now of looking for <laughs> like extra tokens and like 3D printer stuff and things like that. It all fits in the box as well, which is quite nice. It, I'm kind of vaguely aware that there's a lot more sort of 3D printed stuff out there. Just yeah, little yeah. things yeah. for this box or a little uh, uh, thing to help hit over here. Everyone's doing their own little 3D printing thing and putting something on eBay and it's easy to do, you know. Yeah. Anyone with a 3D printer can just do that. Yeah, it seems to be like a more common thing. Yeah, now 3D printers are becoming more and more common. People are thinking, right, I've got this printer. What what can I do with it? Can I make it pay for itself, I guess? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we're, we're just getting one at work, so that would be... Oh, a, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> that would be a rabbit hole to, to play go with it. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> get them to print out some uh, all sorts of things for me. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, I've got some 3D line. printed um, things for quacks, you know, that to put around all the tokens. Like in in oh, bag yeah. builders, yeah. I always like, I normally use coin capsules to uh, to put tokens in, so it just feels mm. a bit chunkier when you're pulling things out of a bag. It feels a bit nicer. Mm. But yeah, for quacks, I've got these 3D printed kind of rings that they slot into because they're an awkward shape. And yeah, it's really nice. They're all color coded to the different um, different things you pull out. Oh, nice. So yeah, you can get all sorts. Yeah, so I'm keeping an eye on eBay now for um, 3D printer stuff that I can uh, use for use for games and things. So it's another uh, <laughs> it's another hole, unfortunately, that I've fallen down that I'm interested in now. <laughs> I'd love a, I'd love a 3D printer myself, but I don't think I've got room for one really. It's, I, I, are they quite big? Are they quite chunky things? To, you know, oh, the table we've actually got one. Stuff? Gary's got one. It just hasn't worked mm. for a while. Mm. Uh, that's the trouble with them. Basically, <laughs> they break and <laughs> they're a bit of a nuisance to sort out. Um, yeah. it, no, it's not. It's not huge. It Doesn't take up a lot of table space yeah. anyway. It fits into mm. gets about a foot square. It's quite tall, but it depends what kind you get. There are there are, there are lots of different levels of three D printers. So depending on what you want to make. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of the the basic things, like making card holders and things like that, I well, Gary printed out some um, uh, little trays for me for bits and bobs mm. to like when I'm playing board games, and they're they're, they're easy to print mm. that sort of thing. But if you want to do, you can print out miniatures you get a lot of um, sdls turning up these days so people if you want to do like an rpg when you want a very specific model because you've made this really obscure character that you you want a model for then it's good for that sort of thing because you can build whatever you want and get them to print it out and there's even a website where you can go on and design exactly what you want kind of like playing skyrim and messing around with your avatar at the beginning you know when you decide exactly what kind of skin you want, how tall you want to be and everything like that. You can do that with a miniature and make it exactly how you want and then tell them to print it and they send it to you. It's wow. just very, very expensive. <laughs> yeah. There's a board game shop in Chesterfield um, I went into probably a couple of years ago now, so I don't know if it's still the case, but they had a 3D printing service where you could uh, pick whatever thing you wanted printed. Right. Uh, uh, 
pick a. I don't know if they've got a catalogue of models that they can print off for you, and and they can and you can right. get that done. Yeah. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Yeah, it's quite a big yeah. business now. That can make sense. Maybe Patreon will do something like that at some point. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That would be really cool. They could print out little things for people that people can use. Yeah, they do like custom playmats and things like that. Mm, yeah. So yeah, it'd be a logical step, I guess, wouldn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If you could go in there and like design your miniature, like build your own bear, but build your own miniature, <laughs> and then they print <laughs> it out for you. It'd be amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing I've uh, I've, I've seen this week is um, I, I got an email the other day from the guy who's uh, selling a book. It's called A Collection of Improving Exercises. So have you heard of Thousand Year Old Vampire? I think yes. Shut Up and Sit yes. Down reviewed it. Yes. That's where I've heard of it from, yeah. They were very keen on it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So this is uh, this is by the same author. Um, it's called A Collection of Improving Exercises. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's a game book. Um, you can download a PDF or you can actually order a book as well. But I think, I think it's based in America, so I don't know if they actually ship it abroad or anything. Um, but basically it's um, like a, a drawing, uh, a, a book to improve your drawing skills, basically. But I think that's only kind of the theme of it. It's really a game book. Mm-hmm. So when you, uh, there's not too much in the email because I think it says there's quite a lot of spoilers in here about what you're going to be, you know, doing throughout when you're going through this book. So it shows you the first couple of pages and there's like a paragraph on the left-hand side and it says draw some bottles and some stuff on the beach and things like that and then you've got like a box on the right-hand side. So you get your pencil out and you kind of start drawing and, you, and then you go on to the next bit. And it's kind of, uh, I, I guess it's a bit like a, a, a kind of game. As, a, as it goes on, things will unfold and you'll be asked to draw different things and then refer to previous drawings and things like that. So it looks really interesting. It looks quite good. Um like I said, I don't know anything about it because I didn't read too far because there's a lot of spoilers in there. But uh, mm. yeah, it looks really interesting. It's a lot of experimental things happening in the RPG space, I think. Mm. Yeah, I've um, acquired a few solo RPG books, but never actually delved into them yet. Mm. Uh, and they're sort of, you know, you do a thing and then it has consequences in some way. And you have to work out what the, the consequences are for yourself. Mm. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm guessing this is a similar sort of thing when you get yeah. into it. So the first, you, you do a drawing, and then it tells you, "Oh, that got, what you did there, something yeah. means something for the rest of the the the, the game." Yeah. So the, on, on this example here, it says, "Draw a cluster of glass or cork fishing boats. Five minute time limit." So it's not going to like it's not something where you're going to sit down for you know hours on end and join this. It's just like a quick going to be a quick doodle into it, five minutes. The sun reflecting in the glass is blinding. The view through the glass distorted, uh, and you kind of draw that, and then you go on to the next page, and it'll tell you to do something else. So, yeah, if you uh, if you like into solo board gaming or if you're into sort of these kind of uh, RPG type things, I think that'd be a good one to check out. Or just an excuse to draw some pictures. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I might, um, <laughs> yeah. I might download the PDF and go through it. I guess if it's PDF, you can draw on those now, can't you? You can load them on your tablet and kind of do yeah. drawings on the top yeah. of it. So, I guess so. yeah, I guess so. it'll probably work on a tablet just as well as. But the book looks really nice. It's got like a silver kind of. It's got like a black and silver kind of cover, and it's like hardback, and it looks really nice. So, I'm really tempted to uh, uh, to order that as well. <laughs> I don't think I'd want to draw in it. I'd be too nervous to. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. Well, we did a rubbish drawing. Oh yeah, you'd have to order. Stuck there forever. forever. Oh. Yeah, you'd have to order two. One to keep, and one to draw. <laughs> <Yeah. in. laughs> I think if you buy the book, you do get the PDF as well. Right. Uh, so I could, right. I guess you could use either. But uh, uh, so, anything you guys have been up to, or shall we go on to the games that we've been been playing? Well, the main thing we've been up to is Aircon, and that's our main discussion. So I think we'll save that yeah. for later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah let's get on to games. Funny games. Okay, so. <laughs> I've um, I've been playing it. Well, we played a game on Tuesday called It's a Wonderful World. So I mentioned this already, but uh, it's a it's a drafting game. Take, it plays between one and five players. Takes between thirty and sixty minutes. It's a little bit like Seven Wonders kind of thing, where you're kind of uh, drafting cards and building an engine. It's uh, a quick kind of game where it's only made up of four rounds. So you draft cards first of all. You got like a handful of cards, and then you pass one on. Pick one, put it in front of you, pass the rest on. You'll get some from your neighbour, pick another one, pass the rest on. So you keep going around until you've got a handful of cards. Um, and then there's a building phase where you're basically um, paying resources to build these buildings. Uh, and as you build the buildings, you get more and more resources. So they'll, they'll, there's then a production phase where you get like different coloured cubes and you need different coloured cubes to build more buildings. So you go through the different rounds, uh, building up your engine. Uh, perhaps you get like a sort of a lot of um, 
uh, a certain kind of colour cube. So when you're doing the draft on the next phase, you want buildings that kind of match up with that and synergize. Uh, but you also need to be drafting cards that give you points as well. So a lot of cards will give you just straight up points. So like 10 points at the end of the game, or they'll give you a point depending on how many tokens you've got or how many types of card you've got. Because all the type, uh, all the cards have like a type against them. So they might be military or industrial or whatever it might be. And uh, you'll get different cards uh, of each type and you might get points according to that. Uh, so we played this, played it two player. Me and Tracy played it. Um, works all right at two player for a drafting game. There are there is like some special rules in there. You can play it solo as well. I've not tried it solo, but um, the theme of it is quite good. It's kind of like um, uh, the artwork on the on the cards is great. It's um, it, it's like futuristic and sort of utopian uh, cityscapes, but it's 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 not quite. As, uh, it, it's got some a few quirks to it. <laughs> it's quite, it's not like just your usual. Oh, it's a space theme or a city theme. There's like some of the stuff he can build is like King Solomon's mines and underwater cities and Roswell and things like that. So you can imagine there's a, uh, the themes a bit out there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a it's a really good game. It's it's fairly quick. Like I said, if it, if you're kind of rattling along, everybody knows how to play. You can play it in thirty forty minutes. Uh, Two player game will only take thirty minutes, definitely. Um, it's got a solo mode. It's nice and quick. It's um, there's a bit of scoring at the end, which is a bit of a pain. You kind of have to add up all your points, and you've got like a score pad that you add everything up. But it's uh, it's not too bad. Uh, and then most points wins. So uh, yeah, it's a wonderful world. It's um, it's pretty good. I think there's a new version out as well, which is just like a two player version. So what, a more of a fantasy inspired one, I think. And there's plenty of um, expansions out for it as well. There's loads of expansions. Uh, that give, kind of give you new cards and uh, there's like a campaign mode in there as well where you unlock uh, there's like envelopes in it I think and extra cards so you unlock these envelopes and it gives you extra stuff to play with as you're going through this campaign so yeah it's um, plenty to uh, plenty to go at and uh, yeah it's, uh, it's a pretty good game I liked it, I liked it a lot it's, uh, it's a wonderful world Sounds really nice There's been a lot of drafting games happening lately It's more of a uh, at the club we've got Seven Wonders and we've got Sushi Go and things like that uh, Sushi Go's going a quick like card drafting game this is more on the heavier side there's a bit more to think about and a bit more like interaction between the cards uh, and I, I quite like how the drafting as well uh, it's where you know everybody's involved all the time you're not waiting for your turn to come round you're always doing something you know what I mean there's no mm-hmm. there's no waiting for the four people to go in front of you and then you take your turn do your thing and then you're waiting again it's all it's all go this. And once you've actually selected your cards, you're building them up, deciding which ones you want to recycle, which ones you want to build. Uh, you're getting your resources, and then it's on to the next drafting round. So it, it goes really quick, even though you know it might take an hour or something if people are taking the time, but it doesn't seem like that at all. Do you find that you kind of you, you, you pay attention to what other people are taking, uh, or are you more concentrating on what you need, or depending on what you give to other people? Because sometimes you... yeah, there's definitely hate drafting in it. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You can see um, you can see what other people are producing. So uh, if the guy next to me is producing a lot of green cubes, for example, you don't want to be passing green cards to him. But there isn't a way to get rid of them really, apart from taking them. So you can't like you know in Seven Wonders you put it to one side, don't you? And you can exchange it for money, or you can build it as part of your wonder. In in this one, you either draft yeah. it or you pass it on. Yeah. There's no other there's no other options in there. So it might be something that you don't particularly want. Right. Yeah. That sometimes you can just end up making it making it worse for yourself than if you're just giving it to them, <laughs> just taking something you don't need at all. The, the cards that you don't need, you can recycle them. There's like a recycle bonus. So at the end of a round, once you've drafted everything, right. you can chuck it away and get a cube. So it's not it's not uh, a complete waste. Right. You always get something out of it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're definitely keeping an eye on what other people have got and uh, and how they're progressing. Yeah. Oh, this is a blue one. This is going to be you know, too good for them. I'm going to uh, I'm going to keep this one. And even though I've got no option of building it, I'm not going to build it. I'm just going to keep it and take the you know take the bonus off it. Yeah. So that's what I've been playing. It's a wonderful world. Uh, what about you guys? What have you uh, What have you been up to? Well, I've been playing another drafting game. This is um, one mm-hmm. that I picked up at Aircon from the Bring and Buy. Well, okay, Paula picked it up from the Bring and Buy. Um, this is uh, Fields of Green, uh, two, a 2016 game, so a little mm. older now. Really? Uh, which is a reskin, oh. well, a retheme of a 2012 game. So it's like a proper classic. Which was Among the Stars. And instead of having lots of science fiction-y, spaceship-y things, it, you're just building, in Fields of Green, a, uh, a farm. Uh, and you're drafting cards, uh, which are 
field. You might build a tomato field, or a. Uh, uh, it might put some donkeys down next to it, or yeah, or, uh, <laughs> or a nice building which gives you a tractor. It's actually, I, I don't know. I've, I think I have actually played Among the Stars once, and thought it was kind of okay. And Field to Green is very nice. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's quite quick. I've played it uh, mainly as a two-player game, me and Paula, and it takes about 45 minutes or so, which is about what it says on the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything sort of builds up nicely. You just it, it it spreads quite a long way across the table, but you're just putting down. You just pick these, pick a certain mixture of cards. Like I might, at the start of the round, choose two fields, three livestock, a building, and two constructions uh, or something. And that adds up to seven. Uh, anyway, um, I choose six cards. Paula chooses six cards, and we mix them all together. Uh, and then that's what we're choosing from. That's the specifically two-player rule, rules. I think the, with more players, you do proper drafting, as in you choose a set of mm-hmm. cards, and you take one and pass them on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these all fit together. The fields need water, and you need to put them close to a water tower. I think in Among the Stars, the there were things that needed power, and you had to not put them near a power generator. So it's the same sort of thing. Right, yeah. And the animals need food, and every round you have to take whatever water you've 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 got and assign them to the things that need water, and they produce food. And take the food that you produce that you've got and assign them to the things that need food, and they produce money. So you're building up this engine of I need I can't have too many things that need water. I can't have too many things that need food. I've got to have this nice balance, mm-hmm. and I've got to make this engine that generates things. And it does matter where you put things a little bit, because some of the cards have, like, this produces one food, or if it's next to these other things, then it produces two food. The constructions add add lots of different things, like, you know, if this is... You can put this next to something and just do what it does again, or or whatever. And the buildings are mainly end-game points, so you sort of go in... In the later rounds, you pick more buildings and try to build them to get, uh, get points. And... There's only four rounds. It builds up quite quickly. Uh, it all fits together, and it's a nice, satisfying little thing. Before it gets too crazy and overwhelming, it finishes. <laughs> I think it's a. I think it's a, a nice game, and I think the. I think I much prefer a, a nice, sedate farming game to a science fiction. <laughs> Uh, yeah, what is setting. it about board game and yeah. farming games? Well, just just better. <laughs> the, uh, the yeah, the the trend has gone towards more pastoral and uh, pretty nature things. Yeah. Than uh, <laughs> zombies and yeah. science fiction these days, I think. I don't know if that's mm. uh, just our corner of the hobby, but yeah, I think that's. <laughs> I think they were ahead of the trend there. I think there's something that's kind of quite intrinsically a gentle game as well we sort it of is. building up so I don't know put it down another thing. work better at being you put down another thing yeah. we're all building things yeah yeah. none of the things yeah. I build are I destroy all your cows it's just I'm, I'm just I'm building my yeah. own thing you're building yeah. your thing over there it's great yeah yeah everyone's happy, happy. <laughs> some people are happier than others <laughs> <laughs> I quite like the planning in this one. You, um, you, you at the start of the round, you know how much water you've got, you know how much food you're going to produce, so you can kind of work out, you know, the best buildings that you're going to get you the most money. I think do you pay money as well for the for the buildings? Yeah, when you build a building, they have a cost. Uh, it's usually money. Yeah. Sometimes you have to pay water or food as you build them as well, so you have to have them on hand to do that. But yeah, you've got the you've got to manage what you get. Yeah, so sometimes you'll want a really nice card that's in the in the middle in the draft, but you've not quite got enough money or it's really expensive. Yeah. So there's a bit of a balance of saying, oh, I can afford that, but then it'll only leave me a couple of coins for, for my next card or whatever. And then, yeah. In the design, there's quite a lot of freedom as well. I mean, you can take a oh, card yeah. and yeah, yeah. either build it or throw it away to, do, to build a water tower instead, which gets you more water, mm. or throw it away to uh, go to market instead, which gets you money. And you can add in more food mm. that you've got lying around to make more money. Um, so you've got a, a big choice of what you do with any given card. Uh, and mm. you can get rid of some, a card that the next person really wanted in order just to, you know, I'll just get two coins or something. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, you never feel too constrained by it as well. Yeah, there's a lot of choices, isn't there, about like where you put in things and uh, how you co- how you kind of synergizing. Because, like you said, a lot of stuff will score your points if it's next to other stuff, or if it, and it's got to be within a certain distance of food or water or yeah. stuff like that. So it's a bit of planning about yeah where where everything's going to go as well and what's going to go next to what. Yeah. Very, I like the little bonus. Very yeah, I like the little bonuses as well. You get, you get like little. Um, is it one of the decks of cards? You get like little extra bonuses that give you extra stuff. Well, some of the uh, the cards, especially the constructions, uh, give you um, equipment, which is where you That's draw three yeah. tiles yeah. and choose one of them, and they give just give, give you a nice little thing like this field can produce twice at next harvest, or refill this water tower by discarding this token if you want. That sort of thing, and it's a little bit of um, look what you get with those, but then you uh, choose mm. how to use it. Yeah, me, me and Tracy played it a couple of times, two player, and yeah, we've we've enjoyed it. I think the two player mode works okay. It's um, yeah, it's kind of drafting drafting cards out of the middle into it rather than doing a lot normal kind of yeah. pick a card and pass it on. There's like some in the middle of the table that you can that you can choose from. Field of Green is rated. Uh, one point uh, one higher than Among the Stars, so apparently the uh, board game geek people <laughs> like wow. it slightly better as well. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's everybody the, get those copies of Among the Stars yeah. in the bin straight away. <laughs> Improves the theme, does it? Does it? <laughs> like, point give, me, yeah. give me a farming game anytime. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, Lizzie, what you've been playing? Um, so I also bought. A bunch of games at Aircon in the bring and buy. So I had a go at a few of them over the weekend mm. uh, uh, solo. But the one I thought I'd talk about is uh, Coffee Roaster, which is a solo only game, um, which you, you're getting more of these days. There were, there were a couple about. Um, and this one's, like, shockingly, based on having some coffee, roasting your beans, making a nice cup of coffee. Again, very nice, very gentle. Little way to pass about about thirty minutes. It's not it's not a very long game, so it's kind of designed to sit down, have a coffee, play a little game, have a break, basically. Uh, so how it works is it's a it's a bag building game. I do love a bag builder. <laughs> uh, so you've got a bag which you and you start with a menu of a particular kind of coffee that you're aiming for. So you're you're aiming for a particular strength of coffee and maybe some certain flavors, depending on what kind of difficulty level level you're playing on. Basically, which which one you go for is going to set how hard the game is going to be. So I just played the basic one to learn learn how it worked. Um, so the card will give you a particular strength. It was 14, something like that. And you and what beans you start with in your bag. So you, you, you have a, a big tray in the bottom which has all the different tokens which will go end up going in the bag of all the different, different flavours of beans, different flavours, uh, sweetener that you can add and some extra little abilities and things that come into tokens. So you put whatever it tells you to put in the bag, and they'll mostly be um, zero strength beans because they've not been roasted yet. So they all start out at zero, or even completely unroasted ones, or maybe you'll start a bit higher with some of them on one, or whatever it tells you to do, that's what goes in the bag. And then basically you'll pull out a certain number of beans every round and and roast them. So all the beans that you take out will all go up one level. So if you took out, say, seven zeros, they'll all go up to level one. And then you'll put those ones back in. And then you keep going through the rounds. And each time you turn up the temperature, um, which is how many beans you have to take out, and all of those will get roasted. So you might take out maybe eight. And maybe four of them will already be ones. And the other four will still be zeros. And they'll go up to twos and ones. So your bag will slowly change mm. as you keep roasting them. And if you keep taking out the same beans, you might end up with some beans at four and some beans at zero. You might even burn them. <laughs> Nightmare. Um, so there are, are ways that you can mitigate that. There are uh, different tokens that go in the back that you'll end up pulling out, which are different colours, which you can spend for, for different abilities to swap what beans you've taken out. Or um, you can change one bean into two. Like if you've got a two, you can make it two ones instead. Um, or if you've got two ones, you can make it a two. So there are, there are ways that you can juggle about what you've got mm. so you're not just completely dependent on what comes out. That, that's where all the choices lie, really, on what, what, what you need to m- mitigate, what, what beans are going to go too far, what kind of level you're aiming for. Because you keep doing that until you're happy that you've roasted enough beans and you're good to go. And at that point, you stop going through the roasting phase and you go to the cup phase where you start pulling out things from your bag and put them into this little um, special cup board 
which has uh, slots in it for the beans to go on. And you pull them out of your bag and start putting them in there. And the idea is that you're aiming for the number that you started with at the beginning. So say that was a level 14. You want to pull out beans. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's 10 beans that you, you have to pull out, which you put in the cup. And you want it to add up to exactly 14. Mm. If you've got 15, you don't get as many points. 13, not as many points. <laughs> and the further you are away from your target number, the fewer points you'll mm. get. So you're trying to get exactly the right... Um, exactly the right strength in, in your cup at the end of the game so if you depending on how far you've roasted them if you end up with loads of fours you're going to go way over mm. you've completely overcooked it uh, whereas if you don't do enough then you're just never going to get high enough and you get a little bit of mitigation there as well depending on what you've done during the game you might have some special abilities that you've unlocked to put things back or put them aside or swap them around for things um, depending on what you've spent your sign up bonus tokens on up to that point. So you've got a little mit mitigation there as well. It's not just whatever 10 you mm, pull out, that's yeah. what you've got. There's also some mitigation that you can use to try and try and get it exactly right. And um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It was a really nice little game. It's quite it's quite straightforward, but I think there's quite a lot of um, of scope there. I can imagine it being, being harder, it will be quite difficult to get exactly the right amount mm, mm. and figuring out how far you want to push it. Um, <clears throat> to get the level that you need uh, at the end of the game, and the theme came across really well as well. It did. Yeah, it does sound very. The, um, trying to balance mm, that temperature. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it really did. And sort of the ex the extra things that you've got, adding sweetness and flavours, and kind of what it felt like. Oh, I'm really going for a strong coffee today. Like this is <laughs> definitely like when you get these really dark beans coming out when you. Uh, uh, start roasting them to that high level and, and then obviously it's difficult to if you have a four that you turn to a five then it's just burnt and that's negative points if you put one of those out at the end of the game it's just minus points <laughs> so you don't want to do that unless you've got a way to get rid mm. of them at the end then you can maybe push it a bit further if you know you've got a bit of wiggle room to just ditch all of the burnt beans <laughs> out of the way uh, you can push it a bit more but uh, yeah it's very interesting it's not I can't really think of anything that's particularly like it it stands on its own a little bit is it just a solo game? There's no like two-player mode yeah. or anything like that? It's just purely solo, no, is it? Nothing. All oh, right, yep. right. Oh, and how, how long do you think it takes to play? I'd say about 30 minutes, maybe 40. All right, yeah. It yeah. depends. It was shorter for me because I think in a full game, you're supposed to make three cups of coffee in a row and then mm. add up your scores for the three of them. Um, I just tried one of them just to see how it worked and yeah. uh, whether I liked it. And uh but yeah, in a full game, you'd make three cups of coffee in, coffee in a row and add up your scores. So yeah, mm. that probably is about about 40 minutes to do all of that. Hmm. Oh, perfect uh, kind of lunchtime game then, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I yeah. think that's exactly what it's designed for, really. It's mm. like, sit in a cafe for a bit and have a break, have a coffee, play a game. Are you uh, yeah. a connoisseur of, cafe, uh, of coffee, caffeine? Connoisseur of caffeine? Uh, um... I'm not fussy. No, you just <laughs> myself. Just a, a cup full of granules and instant hot water on it. It's done. That do. Yeah. That do. Yeah. Instant It's Making nice and milky. Put some shit. Yeah. If you give me a biscuit with it, I'm happy. <laughs> they wouldn't That's say you need thing. to know much about it to to enjoy the game. Then. No, no, not at all. Nah. I've never really um, felt satisfied with any solo games I, I mean I've there's a couple of games that have a solo mode that I've you know mm -hmm. just tried having a go through but I, I, I just want to play with other people really I don't I don't really um, I don't really get any much satisfaction out of just um, mm. playing a game myself I don't know maybe it's something I'd uh, I'd get into Maybe, maybe you need to try the right one. Maybe. It depends really if you're the kind of person who likes sort of playing a Sudoku or crossword or something like. that. Well, it's, it's like sitting Sudoku down and crossword. doing something like that. And they right. are kind of so, solo uh, games, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So it's it's a similar sort of thing. You're just sitting down and doing a puzzle, really. Yeah. But I think there are quite a few more come out over the last couple of years, aren't there? Like, um, what's that? Um, yeah. uh, Space Invaders one. Where they under falling skies. Um, yeah, mm. under falling skies. That looks. Uh, yeah. That looks like. Yeah, a, it's a dice placement. A proper, um, sort of deluxe solo experience. A, a fill a whole table, and it's just for just for yourself. Mm, there's a yeah. lot in that box. It's really heavy. I, I've only played the, the the first couple of games. There's, there's a whole campaign mm. in there. Like in the in the bottom, you take out the game, and then there's there are these huge pieces of cardboard in the bottom, which I haven't I haven't even punched out yet. But that, that's all the campaign of. Uh, different boards, I guess they mm. are, because it's quite a lot of cardboard. 
Um, I don't really know, but extra things anyway that it introduces in, in the um, in the campaign as you go along. I mean, like warp's edge as well. And like sealed sealed envelopes and like do not open this until we're told to. I, I don't remember if there was. All right. I don't think so. There's a lot. Have you played Welcome to the Moon? No, I've played um, the original Welcome to, but because Welcome to the Moon has a lot of that. That has it's it's a, it's a similar game. It's that there are there are eight different boards that you can play on, which all work very differently. But it's a, it's, a, it's a similar sort of thing where you, you're putting numbers in a row and uh, trying to puzzle it out. But that has that has a whole campaign as well as a big book and a sort of a choose your own adventure thing. Wow. Sort of. Not really, but they, they, mm. they dress it up like that. that. As you work through each of the episodes, it gives you some story, and you can make choices, and it, it makes the the rules slightly different uh, of what you're aiming for, the missions of each one of them. Uh, but there are loads of boxes in there of cards, which I haven't haven't used those yet, so I don't know what that's about. But that there's there's a whole there's a whole load of thing of stuff in there. But yeah, that seems to be the thing these days of make, make, making these games kind of. Uh, sort of campaign oriented and extra stuff that you unlock as you go along. <laughs> Why are you even buying new games? You've got all this stuff still to discover and the things you've already got. I know. <laughs> it seems to be becoming more common with um, board true. games as well, like uh, It's a Wonderful World. That's got a solo mode as well. I haven't tried it, but uh, yeah, you can just play that on your own as well. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost getting to the point where it's rare for a game not to have one. Mm-hmm. Certainly, if there's a Kickstarter that doesn't have a solo mode, that's the first thing that everyone will say. Why isn't there a solo mode? Oh, yeah, it's a massive, <laughs> what are you doing? It is, yeah. yeah a... Look at Final Girl. That did really well. Uh, made millions. That, that's a solo only game. Yeah. Actually, it turned up last week. So I'll be having a go at that soon. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a massive industry. I think after COVID, particularly, people kind of went, oh, I've got all these games. I wonder what can I play on my own? Mm. And then they've gone, actually, yeah, I quite like mm-hmm. doing this. I don't have to organise playing with other people. It's different, but it's it's an, it's a different thing on its own. Kind of, it has ha, has very different things that you can do with it. I think when it's a solo game, you can get very mm. unusual kind of games uh, that work in that sort of a way. Mm. So I think it, I think it will just get bigger once it becomes more accepted. Mm. Uh, people will be more likely to look at games uh, that have a solo mode. Mm. Yeah. I mean, most most people wouldn't think anything of sitting down with like a PlayStation and playing that on their own with a single player or or an Xbox game or something. I guess it's just the same sort of thing, really. No, exactly. Yeah, it's a mentality to it. Yeah, mm. once, once you get used to it, you're like, oh, why wasn't I doing this before? Yeah, yeah. yeah sounds like uh, sounds like a good one to look out for. Mm. Is it is it readily available? Readily available. I mean, you said you picked it up uh, from the Brig and Buy. Is it? I in believe print, so. Yeah, I mean, I got it from the Brig and Buy, but as far as I know, it's oh, yeah, cool. it's in shops. It should be fairly easy mm. to get hold of. There was a lot of good stuff in the Bring and Buy at Aircon, actually. We kind of yeah, there was yeah, yeah, was solid. We kind of uh, walked around going, yeah, maybe yeah, that's a good one, but you know, we, we I, I went in on the uh, the Friday when it wasn't too busy, and. Um, mm. But I think Paula went back a few times, which is why we ended up with Fields of Green. <laughs> no, the, the, the quality was pretty high. There were lots yeah. of good games in there. I picked up some some classics. I got a copy of Seven Wonders, which I got yeah. rid of ages ago, uh, but I got back. And uh, Atlantis Rising, which I also played at the weekend, and that, that that's a nice game. It's a really nice production. Jeez, oh, is that nice, the uh, uh, the one where the island's sinking? It's, like bits. it's like a cooperative game. That's the yeah, one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, quite a yeah it's really really nice production um, that one. It's yeah, mm, a really beautiful. Yeah, game. I was really surprised when yeah. I opened it up. It hadn't been played either. It was in perfect condition. All right. And yeah, all the bits are really nice. Yeah, I picked that up because it plays one to seven, yeah. which I thought was mm-hmm. spectacular. Well, that's yeah. wonderful. So I, I play quite a lot of games at high player count because I play games at work, and we often end up with six or seven people. So I spend most of my mm. time these days either playing games with one or two. Or six or seven. <laughs> One way or the other. I don't actually play mini games at three or four, which is weird. Um, yeah. That's just the way it is. Yeah, I think at one point that used to be the most common sort of play count because it was like the family, wasn't it? It was yeah. like the people who were in your family, but now I guess it's, uh, yeah, that's changed a little bit as well. Yeah. Hence Seven Wonders as well, because that's just. just the best game. If you, if you want a game it's for six great. or seven people, it's just the obvious yeah. one to go for. <laughs> Works pretty much the same yeah. as with seven as with three. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Exactly. So I'll just buy it again. <laughs> it's still a still good still a good <laughs> it's a game. Classic. Is it the yeah. uh, Is it the new one with like the silver card backs or is it no. the, the original no, one? Yeah. It was cheap. 
yeah. you know, I like the guys who work, yeah. but not that much. <laughs> 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 yeah, I just picked up a used copy. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But yeah, there, there were a lot of a lot of interesting games in there. The quality was pretty high. There, there wasn't the usual yeah. sort of massive table of copies of Monopoly that you, you usually get at these <laughs> things. It was there was a lot of interesting stuff. And how, how how does the pricing work? Do people kind of put their own prices on it, or is it priced up based on? Like, I EBR think everyone sets their own like price. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. uh, you can change it during the yes convention, I think. So so if you put your 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 copy of Seven Wonders on at twenty pounds, then to see that three other copies are priced at ten pounds, and you go, all right, yeah. maybe, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. go back in and change that. Yeah. See, you can see as well because there's a there's an app. Well, it's not really an app. It's the the website. Basically, you can log in mm. um, with your email address, and it'll tell you what games you've got in there, how many of them you've sold. Mm. But you can also look at what's in the library, and you can if you if there's a particular game that you want, say you're looking for Seven Wonders, you can mm. type in Seven Wonders, and it'll tell you, oh, there's a copy of Twenty Pounds, and there's one, at, and there's two at fifteen. Um, so right. you know what's in there. So sometimes oh, that's pretty you, good. Yeah, you can, uh, yeah, that's good. Have a look if there's something that you want. And then you can look mm. as well. Say, oh, I picked up the copy of this game. I wonder if there's a cheaper one around here, and check. Yeah. Um, so there were three copies of Nusfjord in there. There was one for fifty, one for thirty, and I picked up one for twenty something. Um, it's a nice game. It is a good game. I played that as well, and yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, it's pretty nice. That was, that was a good one to pick up. I've been after it for a while. It doesn't seem like you never really get it cheap. So, no. mm. but the app is really useful for that of having a look what's in there. Even when mm. you're inside and walking around, you can check kind of what what do I need to be looking for. They tried to organise it at the on a Friday. It was organised by price, the actual physical games, but it just slowly yeah <laughs> lost any sort of organisation <laughs> over the weekend, which is fair. It's very hard to keep just that going. Throw a game onto the shelf wherever. The yeah, 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 yeah. After after a while, but. You don't mm-hmm. want to shuffle all, shuffle all around all, all the time, yeah. But no, it's, it's very organised. You log everything in, so you have you have a list yeah, of your games, good. how much you want uh, it to be put on for, and they give you a barcode which you print out and stick on your game, which has the price on it, and then that registers it, it to you. That it's your copy of the game. So then people go and buy their stuff, and uh, at the end they'll know how much they owe you, and you just go mm-hmm. and say, "Can I check out, please?" And they give you how much money you've made. And that's mm-hmm. it. I think the. The whole convention seemed very uh, hassle-free and pretty well organised. Yeah. I think that, yeah, yeah. Getting in was no problem at the under at the no. door. It, it always seemed to be out. open. However, early I the went, library worked well. It was already yeah. open. There was there was never a queue. You just walked in. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was that was. It never felt that busy either, unlike the UK Games Expo, no. where sometimes you're you're really sort of struggling to move at all. Um, especially so last year, felt quite busy. But but F they have fine. I think they have had um, higher numbers than they had mm. last year, so it's continued to grow. I think a lot higher as well. But they've moved to the other part of Harrogate Convention Centre now. Uh, so they were using, like, one half of it, and now they're using the other half instead, which is bigger bigger halls. Mm. So it felt... It still felt spacious, and there was plenty of room to put, play in things. Yeah, I never I, I have got some figures here. Oh, okay. to, yeah. uh, Ooh, figures. We like figures. Oh, I found out... Data. Yeah, I had a quick look beforehand, like, research and everything. Wow. <laughs> so the, uh, the, there's actually two figures. There's a unique uh, figure, which is the uh, how many individual people mm-hmm. are attending. So one person attending for all three days counts as one. Right. And then there's a footfall figure, so that's how many actual people are coming in each individual day. So one person attending for three days counts as a three. Mm-hmm. So the unique one was 3,856. Mm-hmm. And then compared to 2022, it was 2,702. Right. So it's probably about 1,000 more. Mm-hmm. And then the footfall, it was 8,563, which is quite a lot. And then the footfall for last year for 2022 was 5,757. Right, so, so that's gone up higher. by about... Yeah, two and a half thousand. Yeah, I guess that's a lot more people coming on Friday. I'd imagine. Yeah, so three thousand eight hundred and fifty-six mm. unique uh, unique people went. Well, that if, was with yeah. um, Friday was the day when it was all snow and ice. So I yeah. think some people might have, uh, if without that, they've had might have had even more. It started yeah. snowing on the Thursday, didn't it? And yeah, uh, mm. carried on for a couple of days. Yeah, uh, Paula and I were. Well, Paul and I were going on a Friday. Mm. A lot of people were there from the Thursday, but uh, we were going on a Friday. And, yeah, it was a bit tricky travel that morning. Mm. Um, getting into 
we were going by train and getting into the town centre to get the, catch the train was a tr- tricky bit. Yeah. There weren't any, weren't any uh, buses going. We were planning to get a taxi. There weren't any taxis to be found. We ended up trudging in, <laughs> trudging in through the snow. Oh, no. So, yeah. <laughs> so got there a little bit late. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know if anyone else was um, uh, going to be there but wasn't. Mm, yeah. yeah. It must have put some people off. Might yeah. have done. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think actually the um, uh, the organisers do have some links with local schools, and they were going to have a lot of uh, schools bringing loads of kids in to do various things. But obviously oh, okay. the schools were off, so oh, they, that yeah. didn't happen. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think it's impressive that they've got so many more people, even with that. Yeah, with yeah. bad weather. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. I'm surprised it was that much higher. It definitely didn't feel like it. No felt really good i mean yeah. there were the only times we at uh, i queued were um, for the uh, the um food stalls outside <laughs> they were a bit <laughs> oversubscribed at times oh i walked past the queue for the bring and buy a few times but as i say i went in on the friday when it wasn't that busy yeah i queued when i got there on the friday morning to have a look what was there and it, it, it wasn't that bad at that point maybe mm. maybe 10 minutes i queued it, yeah. it wasn't that long but yeah, later in the day, I think about midday it was, it was pretty pretty big. But the rest of the weekend, I just walked in whenever there wasn't a queue. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and the library fine. worked great as well. There was a big selection yeah. of, of games. and Yeah, the, the uh, library at Aircon is just the best. It's yeah, so good. Walk up, pick a game. Yeah, and they've got, got so many great games. They get yeah. And a lot of uh, Kickstarter editions as well. I find a lot of the time I pick up a game, like, oh, it's the fantasy edition. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So and re- a lot of recent stuff as well. I didn't see a copy of Heat. I know it was there, but I, d- I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. But they had one. <laughs> yeah, I spent that, I spent that uh, was on the shelf for about uh, five minutes. Yeah, until yeah. All, all yeah. weekend. Yeah. I did see somebody grab it actually. Some, somebody brought brought it back, and somebody immediately pounced on it. <laughs> That's yeah. mine. It was gone again. Um, but you were you and Gary mainly sort of um, sat and played stuff from the library all yeah. weekend, didn't you? Yeah. 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 Was mostly was, uh, I, think, I think I played 20 games over three days. Yeah. 19 well, of which were going. new to me. So, yeah. yeah that's, I mean, that's, what, that's uh, the opportunity to try things out, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's basically what, what, what I use Aircon for, is really, is an opportunity to just try out a lot of games without having to buy them. Mm. And I know just give it a go. people um, using opportunity to play uh, big games that take all day yeah. that they wouldn't otherwise manage to do. Mm. Yeah. I know... Um, Sam from the club was there. Play and he played. Uh, one day he played an 80xx game. Oh right. And the next play. Next next day he played uh, Horses Carriage, the new spotter game. Uh, nice. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. It, it's quite. He was there for big games. It's quite easy to organise stuff as well. They have a whole system where you can uh, is, put yeah. put a game basically online and say, "I'm going to bring this big long game. Would anybody like to play it with me?" And then people can sign up and agree to play it, and then find each mm. other and. And get a game played. So if you've got something that you can't get played because you just can't find people to play it, then you can always mm-hmm. find somebody at Aircon. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a great place for doing that as well. If and had a, and, and I, I like their system this time of uh, advertising that you're uh, you've got a table with space that anyone could come and join you for yeah. a game. Their system last year was, I think, uh, flags yeah. or something that they yeah. ran out of immediately. Mm. This year it was lightsabers. Mm. You, <laughs> you got a lightsaber. Put it next to you. It, put it on your table, and anyone knew, right? There's a. Yeah. I could join them for a game. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. You can see it from miles away, and and it worked. Yeah. It was great. People yeah. would come up and ask. Uh, there were some around to join. So yeah. It's a good yeah, it sounds really well organised and well uh, well presented and everything. Yeah. I guess they've been doing it for a few years now, so they'll uh, they'll be getting it down, won't they? At, uh, mm. Yeah. as to what people want out of it. There definitely a lot, yeah. a lot of love has gone into it. It's definitely run by people mm. who just love games, you can tell. It's, it's yeah. a lot of it. One, one thing I didn't do at all this time was any of the events that they have. Right, uh, no, I don't know if you, me neither. you did. They were quite yeah. a long way away. Well, so yeah, I, I mean, they were just... It. it wasn't obvious that they were happening. Through a door and up some stairs and round a corner, but mm. yes. Yeah. Uh, previously, it was sort of in a hall right next to where people were playing, so... And I guess right next to where kind of, we normally played, oh, so... Yeah, this oh, time yeah, I just, about, I'd forgotten about them. Let's I just go, forgot go that it was happening really. Um Yeah. But yeah, they have um, uh, watch it played there. You could see them wandering around. Uh, yeah, they're they're the there every year pretty much, aren't they? Rodney Smith uh, yeah. hangs around. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, the first year I, I went, I had no idea Rodney Smith was. <laughs> but, you know, he was, he was very... I ended up sort of in a weird event where I there were sort of teams of people doing doing things and I ended up um, trying to... We had a uh, had the task of trying to put as many pe- meeples on on someone's head as possible. So we sort of... Right. We, I was in a team with various people, including Rodney Smith, and we ended up jamming a tissue box on his head and sort of filling, trying to fill it full of meeples. I don't know... I don't know whose suggestion that was, but... I, I, Brilliant. This is... Yeah, I'm not entirely sure if this was just a fever dream or whether it actually... You, you didn't know who he was? No, he was just some Canadian guy. Wow. <laughs> he wow, seemed very, very affable, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I imagine. No, he seems cool. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see any of that this time. I didn't see any of the celebrities uh, who were hanging around. Ronnie Smith and Paula Deming and Matthew Jude and all that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Had a... Yeah, there were, there, was, there were seminars and things you could go to as well. And I think they had some des- yeah. designers. Um, yeah, yeah. I think David Turtsey was playtesting some stuff, right? Yeah, I, I did hang around the uh, the playtest and demo zone for a bit. Mm-hmm. There were some tables that people could book in that bit just to show people their, their games and some of them were um, you know beginning designers sort of starting out there's quite a few people from the Sheffield playtest group actually that oh were there got games. Nice. yeah, yeah. Uh, nice. there's Matt with his War of the World games and Rick with his zombie game um, different Rick uh, but yeah there's a couple of uh, established designers there David Turchi had his um, had a table for a bit uh, Surprise there had didn't have a a stand in the main exhibition space they just had a demo table because they were just showing a couple of their upcoming games mm. uh, Three Sanchos and uh, Last Bug Standing in the Circle of Doom which is nice um, but yeah I, I hung around the playtest zone a bit and uh, tried some games which was which was fun and I and the um, uh, the sales area was uh, its own room in, yeah. in previous years, it's sort of been sort of in the middle of the room. You've got some people playing on that side, people playing on that side, and then all the stands in the middle. Uh, in this this one, you the first room you were in was had all the the stands, all the sales and and everything, and then you walked through, and then there were all the uh, the playing halls. Uh, all right. Yeah. So, I, yeah. The they separated them out a bit. They did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which was which was nice. Compared to UK Games Expo, where there's just a overwhelming, massive mm. number of things that you'll never get so around many to look demos, at. Yeah, yeah. This you can you can walk around the, the stands, see quite a lot of the stuff. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like few demos. there were some larger companies this time. I might be wrong about that, but they were definitely demoing yeah. the new cooperative version of King of Tokyo, which I which I meant to play, but um, oh, yeah. it was always busy. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah, that was the. Yeah. I had a quick explanation of it, but I was on my own at the time. And by the time I'm, I, when I was with people, people were playing it. Yeah, it, lo- it looked kind of cool. It has a big volcano in the middle. Yeah. It seemed like a cross oh. between King of Tokyo and the Loop. If you've played the Loop, um, where it kind of spits out cubes from the well, it spits out dice from the volcano in the middle, and depending on what side they line, land on, mm. that's what the enemy kind of does. They might, it might spawn minions, or it might do a big attack, or something like that depending on where they've rolled and which side they've rolled and then you this sounds play very different to king of tokyo uh well <laughs> yeah that bit yeah that's completely different but then yeah. you play monsters and you're, you're rolling dice in the same way that you normally are and you can attack the monster the big monster in the middle and you get energy and you can spend the energy on cards uh, which give you right. abilities and that all looks kind of similar or the green cubes are still there that's the same and the dice are mostly the same they had some other sides on which i guess with killing minions, I would guess, was one of them, and hmm. things like that. Not quite sure. And then there were some big cars, which were the different bosses, and there were three bosses in the starter set. I assume there will be expansions. I'll be shocked. If oh, there yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> and that sort of explained the different rules, depending on which particular monster that you were playing against, how they worked. Hmm. I guess they worked slightly differently, but that was as far as I got with it. So, so this yeah, is... Um, Quite a few films into the Godzilla series where it's not so much, you know, a deeper meaningful allegory on nuclear war and more, oh no, monster was attacking. How <laughs> yeah. do we deal with them? Oh, get monsters to fight them. Uh. Yes. 
<laughs> oh, it's a guy in a rubber suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Standing on model houses. <laughs> yeah. I, I assume it's not, yeah, it's not quite, out. There's quite a few different things. There was a lot of... Um, there were some big companies that had stands and some local, smaller companies. Mm, yeah. Stands, mm. yeah. I was um, helping out on the on uh, Stuff by Bez stall a couple of hours each day, mm-hmm. which was which was fun. A fair number of people coming past and being attracted by some quick fun ga- uh, card games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a lot of fun doing that. It's um, it's a bit of an easier sell thing. Here's this game, and I can, and I can explain in thirty seconds. Mm. Rather yeah. than here's this big strategy game that you, I promise you'll love it, but it's gonna <laughs> there's kind of a lot to it. So you know, yeah. have you got ten minutes for me to explain it to you? That that would be a bit of a hard sell. Mm. But yeah, I, I had an easy job. <laughs> <laughs> any other any other highlights? Uh, on the way home, the, my train was uh, delayed, so I got to uh, sit in Harrogate train station for half an hour. And then uh, James Wallace and Ava Foxfoot ha- uh, happened by, and we had a nice chat in the train station. So. All right. <laughs> <laughs> James Wallace, a um, a big person in games, he's like six foot six or something. Um, he's done, been doing games for ages, lots of RPG stuff. Uh, Once upon a time. Yeah. Anyway, he's um, he does uh, lots of um, seminars on game design as well. Hmm. And Ava Foxfoot, obviously. Uh, one of the sit-down people. So, yeah, mm. I did see some gaming There you go, yeah. Mm. And they were both lovely. Snuck in right at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it sounds like uh, it sounds like you had a great time, yeah. Sounds really good. Yeah. Oh, and also the crepes from Madame Crepe were very nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had, had yeah. savoury ones this year. Normally I go for, like, as much cream as possible, but this year it was all about <laughs> ham and cheese. They were, they were great. Yeah. Recommended. I didn't have any of the poutine. Ah. Ah. They've got, that sounds uh, interesting. They always seem, they seem to have the same food stalls back every yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, they I do. If, yeah, which is nice. I'm hoping at some point stall, we're going to get a new one. Not to the Canadian <laughs> contingent. That's going to be the main thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's nice to say hello. Ah, you're back. Yeah. But that was a good time. Played loads of great games. What was the, What do you think was your favourite game of the, of the convention? Hmm. Good question. I don't know why, but I'm immediately drawn to trekking through history, which Ooh. I thought was lovely. I saw you really reading nice rules game. for that. Oh, yes. yeah. I think did you play that with Polly? Yes, uh, that's right. Yeah, while I was off doing playtesty stuff. Yes, and Gary. I did. Gary I really it. enjoyed that game of uh, mind magabutter. Yes. Yeah, that was good. That was nice. And we had the, the uh, a chat with the lady who. Um, Publicised it. Publicity for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, it's an astonishing game. The amount of work that's gone into that is mind-blowing. I always feel with these. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful production. There's always all these little Easter eggs you can find. Just look on the box, and it's. And uh, that was just the retail edition. (laughs) Yeah. Mind the deluxe edition, (laughs) which is insane. (laughs) It worked very very well. Yeah, yeah. It came down to the wire. I thought we were going to lose. You thought you were going to lose. I was definitely going to lose. Yes. There wasn't anything I could do about it at that point, but yes. But we didn't know that. No, you didn't. No. Yeah. But yeah, that that ship had sailed. Um, yeah. But I always, yeah, always think really with um, hidden role game, sorry, hidden movement games, not hidden role, mm. like uh, Scotland Yard and Lessons from Whitechapel and thing and mm. that sort of thing. I always think, oh yeah, that game was really tight and everyone was uh, thought they were. About to slip through their fingers and things, but mm. uh, but it ended up being. Uh, but I don't know how that how that could be the same every game. Surely some games are going to end up being like really easy one way or the other. Mm. So, but it, yeah, I mean, it's um, it worked very well, and I'm sure they've designed it perfectly and to balance yeah. everything. Yeah, well, it's really interesting like that a... they've said that they've they've got all these modules, and uh, basically each time you play a game, you open a new one depending on who won. So basically, if you're playing it, yeah, and, one, and normally like, it's the self-balancing, isn't it? Win, then yeah, that they start getting more bonuses and they they get some new abilities yeah. and new cards and stuff. And then once they start losing, then the other side gets some extra cards and things to play with. So I thought that was some really intriguing little things on the board that we didn't use. Like, yeah, there were quite a lot of rules yeah. that we didn't play with. That, that was just the, yeah. we, we only played the introductory sort of uh, tutorial mission really. So we weren't even yeah. playing with a bit like player. That abilities. was good. Uh, I don't think he didn't have different playabilities, did he? Because no. it's just on the other side of the card. Uh, so yeah, there's definitely there's definitely a lot a lot to explore in that game. 
Yeah. Mm. And I think it but works it pretty a, well at basically any player count. Even one. Yeah. I think there's an app you can play against. I mean, we were playing it with, what, four or five? Five. There were four of you, Yes, there, five. Against me. Um, you, me, Polly, Gary, and yeah. Samuel. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, that, think, that works uh, really well. But I, I know it, yeah. it works really well as a two-player game as well. So, so yeah, I think that was probably my favourite at the convention. Mm, yeah. We had a go sure. at um, uh, the Turing Machine. Oh, or yeah. Or just Turing Machine. Yeah, we played that. Oh, yeah, that looks interesting. We didn't play it together. Yeah. It, is, it is an we, interesting... We it. It's a nice package. Yeah. Yes. It's a very intelligent game. I can't yes. say that it's fun. <laughs> but it's very impressive. I love doing that sort of thing. But it just seemed, seemed to be a bit quick for mm. what it was. Yeah. Well, it and it could definitely be done on an app. It, it's a sort of um, it's sort of a deduction game where you get uh, more bits of information about what the code is mm. by asking. Well, put put together a a sort of sample code. Like I think it might be the code might be one four seven. So I'll try that, and then ask some questions about it. So, you might have a card that either says uh, the yellow number is less than the blue number, or equal to number num- the blue number, or higher than the blue number. Mm. And if you test your sample number against that you, by holding one card against these other one, it comes up with a yes or a no. Just cleverly, just bits of cardboard. It's not like an <laughs> app or anything. Mm. You just hold these things up against a bit of cardboard and you can see a tick. So, yes, I did a, the yellow number is bigger than the blue number, so that must be how it is, yeah, in the, in the actual code. And you get more and more bits of information and eventually you're able to deduce what the actual code mm. is. And um, it's all very clever, <laughs> except it just, it just seemed a bit too um, abrupt. Like, mm. it took five minutes picking out all the, the right cards mm. and setting them up. And uh, yeah. and then I had two guests and I got it. It definitely took me longer to find the right cards that we needed to play the game than it did yeah. to play the game. <laughs> really? Wow. And it's all very impressive and clever. Yeah. You could it do is. it with an app, much easier. But you could just do it in an app, yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't need all of that cardboard like, showing. No. It's kind of interesting to see this is at sort of what's going on behind the scenes, if you see what I mean, like, Yes, it's app, one of these things that's, you could uh, just use an app and play it on your own on, on a phone and that would yeah. be fine but it is a, a nice object and mm. fascinating I do like the how box it works as well and that if you put yeah. the box the box lid on the wrong way round then there are little holes in the side of the box and they come up with crosses because you've put it the yes. wrong way round when you put it the right way round it'll come up with a little tick yeah. um, I appreciate nice that touch. a lot that's probably my yeah. favourite thing about the game yeah. and they, there were holes in the top of the box as well where it says Toy Machine it's all, it's all punched out like a Mm. A punch board. That's it's it's cool and it it, it looks very nice and it, yeah it's very yeah. impressive. But it's not not a game I'd rush out to play again. But I don't like deduction yeah. games particularly. Mm. So if you like deduction games, you'll probably love this game. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. Fun. I mean, there's a few other deduction games out there that are quite nice, like Break the Code and uh, mm. Search for Planet X. Yeah, I've played yeah. I've played that one as well. Yeah, and uh, Cryptid, which um, broke my brain yeah. the first time I tried it. Mm. Mainly because it was it was played at like eight o'clock in the morning, slightly hungover. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but yes, I'm, I'm glad that I got the opportunity to to play Turing Machine because I probably wouldn't have done if it wasn't for having a library there to. to yeah. get yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's it's great for that sort of thing, giving something yeah. to go. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad I played that. I can put it back. Mm. Oh, and I quite like Picture Perfect as well. Again, that's one. I was one just that... going to say that. Yeah, that's another one yeah. that it was definitely worth one play. I'm very glad yeah. that I played that game. It was a fun play but as well. Yeah, but, yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it. I, I'm not going to go and buy it though. No. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a lovely little game. It was such a weird concept. Yeah. Um, you basically you get this little like a little, a little room um, with a table and in you, it and a background. And you've got all these little standees and, and all these people. Little, yeah, a little tableau of them. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. lovely. You have to, and they all have different wishes. You get these, you, which you, you gradually each get, a set get of to find out more about. Yeah, mm. and you each look at look at those, so you know where certain people want to be. Like one guy, guy might want to be next to the plant, and the little boy wants to be next to the dog, or the guy in the wheelchair wants to be next to the table, or something mm. like that. They'll all have different wishes, which is completely randomised. It might be anything. Yeah. 
Um, and each people, each of us have different information and we end up passing around the cards. So you learn a little bit more about each person. But you have to remember what the previous things were that you saw. So you start shuffling people around and then it breaks up what you started with. Yeah, oh, no, that yeah. guy wanted to be next to the... Oh, no, he's not. <laughs> he needs to be next to a her, but I can't put her at the back because, oh, and she doesn't want anybody to see her face. So I have to put this guy <laughs> holding a glass in front of it so it blocks her face. And then once you finish doing that, you actually have to take a picture with your phone. Like a physical picture, and that's <laughs> trying to find the right you, angle so that that, that yeah, so that everything is true, yeah, yeah. so that you wow. can't see certain people or certain people next to people, or um, and one of the people is a plant that's how you as well. Hmm? Oh yeah, yeah, and the plant the plant has needs. You have to meet yes. the plant's needs. It wants to be next to people too. Um, very important. Oh, and you can make certain people uh, basically worth extra points if you slip an extra card mm. in there. So I think I did that oh, yeah. to the plant. So he was. <laughs> It's extra important to um, do what the plant wanted. Yeah. To get extra points at the end of the game, but if you get, if you put a person uh, in completely the wrong place, you get minus points. So you have to be mm. kind of careful. It's better to just leave them off if you don't know where they need to be. Mm. It's uh, a very nice uh, sort of novelty. Yes. Of yeah. No, yeah. And I know it's a good, it's a good, yeah. good word for it. Yeah. It's very, very unusual. Very different. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds it. Yeah. I yeah. thought it was. It was. It was very cool. Worth a go. But do, do, do you think there was like a was there like a game that everybody was playing was like a wingspan or a, a terraforming Mars or something you just saw everywhere was like oh, something that just... really popular? Um, I think probably in in the footsteps of Darwin would be the one that I would say for that. But that's probably because oh, yeah. I can't remember which stall it was. But they had they had Darwin's a deal journey? on it. Hmm. Is that Darwin's journey or? That's a different one. That's a that worker placement one? game. I think that was on. Ke- right. I, it's there were a bunch of Darwin games. Oh gosh! <laughs> <laughs> it, it's Darwin out to copyright now. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Seems to be the thing. Uh, but this one was a. It was it was tiles. You're basically making a grid. It was a bit like Keystone North America, if you've played mm. that, uh, where you've got tiles of different animals and you you've got a grid of I think it was four by four, and you you're trying to play, place them down, uh, just make, to make and score as many points as possible. Basically, it, it was mm. a lovely little game. Uh, Samuel mm. picked up a copy, so I played that played that with him. All oh, right, and, uh, might bring it to the club one day then, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely yeah. worth a go. It's it's really nice. The, the tiles are beautiful. Mm. They've got these like drawings of like illustrations on, and they they look really nice. And it's a very simple game to teach. It uses a nice mechanic where you're sort of going around the edge. You've got to look. It's the boat. That's right. That's going around the edge, mm. and uh, depending on where it stops, you can take a tile from that row, and how which one you take defines how far it moves along so you're kind of trying to figure out where you want it to move to next or where you might mm-hmm. not want it to be for somebody else depending on what you take then the boat will move a certain amount so you're kind of juggling what you think you're going to be able to get around to next time and not giving other people what you want to take when it moves around to a column where you can take it but if they've taken mm-hmm. it from the row earlier then it it won't be there anymore so it, it, it's it's interesting it's a nice it's a nice mm-hmm. little game there's definitely quite mm-hmm. a lot to it for the rules that are given so it's one of those mm-hmm. games that's easy to teach but hard to master i would say mm-hmm. but and, I a, and a, a, us board gamers love a bargain as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> So if they're, if they're selling it off cheap, then yeah, no doubt will be yeah. Plenty well, I think it's, it's a new game. Uh, I think that they had a special deal to sell it at Aircon, so I, th- I oh, right. think yeah. it hadn't come out of retail at the time, but maybe maybe it has by now. But it yeah, was sort of a special yeah. uh, thing that they had it early or something. I didn't notice that at all. <laughs> I, I wasn't really <laughs> looking at what other people were playing. Really, I probably wouldn't no- have noticed it uh, if someone hadn't picked it up and was excited about it. <laughs> mm. Right. Okay. <laughs> it's good that uh, lots of people are playing lots of different games though they've got that variety there of you know not just like you, everybody's playing the same thing everybody's got mm. you know the favourites and stuff like that they want to try and things like that yeah that's I, good I did see quite a lot of people playing Heat that was definitely oh, yeah, a thing yeah yeah and that's the new uh, hotness isn't it yeah yeah well yeah of course yes Heat's the new hotness <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. and of course uh, I think what you'll get at any convention or indeed any large gathering of um, anyone with gamers um, will for the next uh, few years will be yeah. blood on the clock tower yeah. there's always oh, yeah. mysterious yeah. circles of people over in various different corners yeah. of the room with yeah. one person yeah. weirdly holding up a box yes <laughs> it happened a lot it took me a while to figure out what are they oh it's blood on the yeah. clock tower that's yeah, another yeah. blood on the clock tower I wonder yeah, over there yeah. as well yes yeah yeah <laughs> that makes yeah. sense yeah <laughs> 
I guess like you were saying, where people get together to play the heavier games and the long games, it's, a, it's an ideal place yeah. to play. Yeah, it's a sort yeah. of way you need quite if a few players play to get all, everybody together. You can, can always rub somebody in, can't you? Spouse, can you? Yeah. yeah. So, Blood yeah. of Copter, I think you can play with a fairly small number, but it's better if you've got like mm. 10 yeah. or 15 people. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Okay, uh, any other last thoughts? or? Aircon's great. Yep. Yeah, recommended. <laughs> yeah, go. definitely going to try and, uh, try yeah. and get that one, yeah. Maybe oh, and one year. thing I I heard um, in an interview with uh, one of the organisers, uh, Mark Cook, who's, who's the, uh, the tall one, mm. I think is mm-hmm. usually referred to. Um, <laughs> uh, and I, One thing he said kind of struck me, uh, and I think that's kind of why they always do such a... A nice convention. He said that he and some of the other people um, always try and get out into the halls and sort of try and get the feeling of what it's like. Mm. They're not just sort of working working out who's where and oh, you're you're uh, trying to do all the organisation stuff. They're trying to get the feeling of what it's like to be in the halls mm. and tr- yeah. they're trying to yeah. uh, work that out to be as good as possible. Uh, that, every that, time. That, that makes sense. Yeah, it always has a very good atmosphere. It does, yeah. somehow mm. I don't really know how to explain that or why that would be different at any other convention but it always feels very friendly and it feels like the whole focus for them yeah the experience is designed for everybody to enjoy themselves that's the most mm. important thing that's the priority is everybody yeah. has a good time and you always get that impression from Aircon they've really put a lot of thought into it about what what are people's experience going to be like and how can we make it better mm. yeah I know uh, yeah if, if anything, if I had to choose one convention to go to, I think it would be Aircon. Yeah, I think I'd be, be the same. Even over the expo, yeah. Yeah. Just, it's always a good time. Yeah, hmm. and it's a bit easier to get to. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. relatively yeah. local. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can even just drive up for the day if you want to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds great. Cool. Well, uh, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on and telling us all about it. Anyway been good listening to your experiences and 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 what you've been doing while there so thank you very much elizabeth it's been good mm, talking to you me. and tom thanks for coming on again yeah it's been good talking to you that's great thanks rick uh we've been the sheffield board gamers uh thanks for listening to this episode and we'll catch you on the next one goodbye for now bye bye, bye. bye.